0: Your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.
1: Bills Mafia, what is going on? I'm your host, Mike Lindsley. This is indeed the Pandemonium Podcast and the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Hey, make sure you follow us all over the social platforms at Built in Buffalo underscore. On Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube page. Check us out with all the content you need seven days a week at builtinbuffalo.news.com. And of course, you can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports as well. Really special guest to bring onto the program. He is a Buffalo Bills uh, great and uh, got into the Super Bowl run. A little bit late, uh, you know, a few, few of the Super Bowls were already in. He got in for that last one, uh, but uh, played guard for the Bills. And uh, if you know his, uh, his, his story, he played 106 games in the NFL, all with Buffalo. He started 102 of them at center, offensive guard and offensive tackle. And uh, under Wade Phillips, when the Bills had an 8-8, eight and eight, one loss record, he became their starting center, rep- replacing Dusty Ziegler, who went on to play with the Giants. And he played between left guard Ruben Brown and right guard Jamie Nails in all 16 Games And so uh, Jerry Ostrowski is going to join us here on the program. Jerry, uh really appreciate a few minutes here. And of course, you can follow Jerry on Twitter at Ostrowski underscore Big O. He's also a University of Tulsa Football Hall of Famer. Pretty cool there. Former Buffalo Bills offensive lineman Jerry Ostrowski. Hey, Jerry.
0: Hey, no problem, man. Glad to be back.
1: So how do you feel about the Bills going into the last part of the season here? You know, are you, are you confident in this group?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, they've got a really good football team. I think they're a team that's primed and ready to go. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the injury bug uh, stays away from them. They kind of got all the injuries out earlier in the year, and you know they're getting healthier and healthier as they go along. And with the addition of a of a Colt Beasley and some other players, I think uh, they're priming for a run.
1: When you watch the offensive line, obviously you know the offensive line very well. Is this a line that can perform even better than what we've seen? Because I think that there have been injuries, or you know, there are holes. Guys have had some roller coaster seasons, right? But when they're all in there and they're all together, I don't know. I think this offensive line's pretty good, Jerry. What do you see when you watch their offensive line?
0: I think so too. I think it's a group that's that's had some injuries and they're trying to overcome some stuff uh, earlier in the year. I think they've probably had about four or five different O line combinations uh, that played in games and started games. So, you know, it takes a little bit of time. I think that, you know, this is a group that's really good in gap scheme type stuff and running the stretch and running fold scheme things. I don't think they're a tremendous uh, zone blocking team by no means. But I think that they really excel when they can use their athleticism, get out and run. And uh, I think that uh, Dorsey's been doing quite a bit of that the last few weeks.
1: So you obviously blocked for a guy by the name of Jim Kelly who's in the Hall of Fame, and he was mostly a pocket guy. On occasion, he could get out, but nothing like Josh Allen. Josh Allen is 6'5", 250, and he's a maniac, a wicked competitor. Jim was too, but Josh is just, he's jumping over people. He's doing 360s and pirouettes and all the rest. How do you think you would approach blocking for this guy who's constantly all over the place?
0: It's the same way you, you, you prepared to block for Doug Flutie. I mean, it's no different. I mean, Doug is small uh, compared to Josh Allen, but they're the same thing. I mean, they're scrambling quarterbacks. Yeah. So you're going to go ahead and, you know, you just know that you got to stay on your main, you got to run him no matter where he is, because the play is always alive when you have a guy back there that can run around and do some things. And, and obviously Josh is that type of quarterback.
1: What was Dolphins week like for you? Dolphins week back then was I think was a lot more uh, intense.
0: Um, I think the rivalry may have been bigger back then, I mean, we kind of had that lull. Uh, the AFC East had a lull over the years. Uh, it's picking back up. It's getting more steam. Uh, kind of starting to feel a little bit of the hatred once again. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it should be a tremendous game. But yeah, I mean, Dolphins' week. I mean, things went up a little bit. An extra click or two on the uh, on the energy meter, no doubt.
1: Do you feel confident in the Bills winning the AFC East and being the top seed at this point?
0: I mean, I, I feel confident the Bills win it wow. I mean, I'd expect us to win the whole, you know, win out this season uh, and, and take that number one seed and, and enjoy all the uh, benefits you get from playing uh, late in the season in, in, in Buffalo. So, yeah, I would be disappointed that they didn't win
1: out. couple more for Bills. Great Jerry Ostrowski, the former guard uh, for the Bills from 1993 to 2001 in a Tulsa a Hall of Famer, of course, with the Golden Hurricanes, his 55 jersey. Is also retired. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know what you think about the way the NFL edge rushers are these days. In other words, the Micah Parsons, the Von Millers, those kind of guys. When he's healthy, um, you know, the the in between guys. Will Anderson's kind of like that. They're tweeners. They're not quite defensive end size guys like Reggie White, Bruce Smith. They're not quite linebacker size like a Lawrence Taylor. They're somewhere kind of in between, and they run the edge. They play the edge. It's a different kind of edge rush. Um, how do you feel about that part of the game here? Because I, I, I think after the quarterback, I think that's the most important part. you got to have somebody to stop the quarterback.
0: True, true. You also have somebody to be able to cover a number of receivers so that your pass rush can get home as well. So obviously those two go hand-in-hand, hand, a cover corner, a shutdown corner, and a, and a pass rushing defensive end. Obviously the game evolves back when uh, in the 90s when I was playing, those defensive ends were a lot bigger. More bigger body guys, right. guys that could really play, uh, you know, or more physical type run stopper guys as well as rushing quarterback. Now, the way the game's evolved and, and the passing and all that, you've got offensive tackles that are a lot taller. Maybe they have issues bending as well. Uh, say a, a guy that's not as tall. That's where the guys like, you know, Von Miller and, and the rest of them come in. I mean, you're starting to get some athletic mismatches especially with Micah Parsons. I mean, Micah Parsons reminds me of of Lawrence Taylor, you know, just absolutely so much. I mean, as a kid, I watched Lawrence play. I watched LT play. Being in Philadelphia and being an Eagles fan, you know, and that's how Micah plays. And so they're taking advantage using their athleticism maybe against some guys that aren't quite as athletic as they are. But, um, you know, obviously that game has evolved quite a bit.
1: Okay. The weather in Buffalo – when it's this time of year and if they can get the home field advantage, what, what did you hear when you played, when the Bills had home field advantage? What, what were some of the terrifying thoughts about the visiting team, you know, going in there and trying to win? Why is it an advantage? I think yeah, the
0: prime example of this is, 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 you know, when Thurman went down to Miami that year, you know, the Dolphins had historically come to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. they come out with hoodies on. Six, seven layers. They just couldn't move. They couldn't play. They had so many clothes on because they are so worried about the cold. You know, and the first thing Thurman told them was, you guys look like idiots. You need to get rid of all the extra stuff, wear what you normally wear, and, and go out and play ball. And um, so, you know, that's the biggest thing is just the psychological aspect. Anybody can play in the cold. But when you don't wake up in it every morning like you do in Buffalo, New York, it's awful hard to, to go out there and trick your mind into thinking, you know, this is fun.
1: Last question for you. I had uh, Marv Levy on a couple months back on the show, uh, on my other on my other show, and um, uh, he he was obviously as alert as ever. And you know, I know that you think uh, great things of him. What, what did you learn from Marv that really has stuck with you through the years, Jerry?
0: I think I think the biggest thing was just you know, Marv was such a a manager of. Of, of people. I mean, it was such a matter of people, manager of people. And he, you know, he had a way that he liked to do things. But he wasn't like that, that hammer. He wasn't that guy that came in and was like, you're going to do this or else. He, you know, he, he, treated everybody like a, like a man. Um, he, he let everybody have the opportunity to do their job. And if they needed some help along the way, he would give it to them. But, you know, he just understood that everybody, heard things, did things differently, and there was really no one concrete set way of doing stuff. And, you know, that's why he was successful in Buffalo, because he had so many great players, and he was able to manage those guys along the years.
1: Buffalo Bill's great Jerry Ostrowski. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ostrowski underscore Big O, the former Buffalo Bill uh, offensive lineman and a Uh, Hall of Famer for the University of Tulsa football. Jerry, I really love uh, our chats. Appreciate you getting back with me, and uh, we'll talk down the line here. Go Bills.
0: Sounds good, go Bills.
1: Terrific conversation, as I expected, with Jerry Ostrowski. I'm going to hit on the Bills-Jets game from this past week, and then I'm going to preview Dolphins week here on the Pandemonium podcast and the Built-in Buffalo podcast network. Uh, A reminder to definitely subscribe to our YouTube page and get us all over the social platforms. Uh, as well as builtinbuffalonews.com. That's builtinbuffalonews.com. So first things first, right? Sometimes you just win ugly in the NFL. I mean, that's just really what it boils down to. You know, you just win ugly in the NFL. And it's okay, especially this time of year. I think going into the Jets game, um, I found it laughable that people were predicting Bills 38 to 13 and all these scores, these wild scores, because I'm thinking... Yeah, okay, revenge is on the mind, but the weather is going to be terrible. And, you know, the Jets have a really, really good defense here. And if they get a turnover, if they move the chains on third down, if they're efficient in keeping Josh Allen off the field, it could be a close game. Now, the key play to the game at the end of the first half was clearly when Dawson Knox came in under center or, you know, behind center, behind Mitch Morris, on a fourth down deal, it was a short field. You knew the Bills were not going to go for that. Everybody knew it except C.J. Mosley, right? So he jumps over, and he gets the offside call. The Bills then uh, proceed to, I think, really change the game. I mean, right after that, the Bills go down and uh, score a touchdown cap by the amazing Allen, you know, toss to Dawson Knox, that little float pass, and Knox, you know, kind of pirouettes into the end zone. Um, for the for the touchdown. The Bills were in, in control, even up a touchdown. Now, the Jets tied it, but then the, the Bills with a great quick drive, six plays, 75 yards, 239 in time, made it 14-7. They get a Bass field goal at the end of the third. They get a Bass field goal at the start of the fourth. And then, obviously, the block punt you know, kind of made some things interesting, 20-9, to the Jets get the ball back, Uh, they did have the fumble um, as well, but uh, got a field goal, and then there was a chance that maybe the Jets could get the ball back and get a two-point conversion, but the Bills were firmly in control, I thought, at 20-7. to It was just a matter of kind of riding the clock out, trying to not make any mistakes, and, you know, going and and winning the football game. Uh, I thought Josh Allen in the first half, His will, especially on the ground, was was a huge difference in this game. He only had 147 yards through the air and a touchdown, 16-27 to passing, but he did not throw a pick. He did not have any fumbles. Uh, The running game was 102 yards, not that much, and also Josh Allen back up to the top as the leading rusher, right? This was a huge Dawson Knox game. I mean, he had the touchdown catch. He had the huge play where he went behind Mitch Morris and Drew Mosley offsides. He was great at blocking both, uh, you know, really in the run game, but in the past game as well, when he could get downfield, I, I thought, I just thought Dawson Knox was outstanding in this game. Uh, arguably the best player, um, you know, for the bills, for sure. Uh, the bills had two recovered fumbles. Um, you know, one of those obviously happened deep and late into the game. Um, and, and, and I got to say, I mean, the jets fumbled four times and they lost two of them. Right. Um so, Actually, no, they fumbled three times, and they recovered one. So, yeah, they lost two. It was the Flacco fumble and then the Michael Carter fumble. They recovered the Mike White fumble. Um, hey, kudos to Mike White, man. Seriously. I mean, this guy got drilled by Matt Milano, drilled. And he was still able to go out there and perform And you know, on the bad ribs and all that. He went back in the game, and, and, and you thought maybe he was going to will the Jets to a, a miracle of, of some sorts, right? I mean, he was he really was in there. Gotten it out um but the bills are showing their might at home they're five and one now and you know they're showing that they can win in a bunch of different ways right like think about the titans the titans are a team they're a decent team but the titans after derrick henry do not have any semblance of an offense right they don't have anything and if the Jaguars, or anybody else, scores 36 points, which Jacksonville did this past week. The Titans are not going to beat you. They cannot keep up with you offensively. The Titans can only win one way. Derrick Henry, and controlling the game, gutting it out, getting turnovers on defense and playing with a short field, winning clock management, winning time of possession, all that kind of That's the only way they can win. They can't have Ryan Tannehill beat you. They can't beat you 35 to 31. They can only beat you 17 to 13 or 24 to 20, you know? The Bills have the ability, as do the Bengals, as do the Chiefs, as do the Eagles, as do the Cowboys, as do probably the 49ers. They have, you know, the ability to beat you in a million different ways. And I think the Bills are showing that right now. I mean, they just won 20 to 12 in horrific conditions in Buffalo. When you look at this, you know, last stretch here you know three wins in 12 days uh, the Bills have now won four in a row right I mean the Cleveland Detroit wins in Detroit uh, and then at New England on a short week which was completely dominant I mean they won 24-10 that game felt like it was 50-10 and you know now they're 10-3 and and they're atop the AFC uh, East and atop the AFC overall they gotta obviously keep winning which brings me to Dolphins week and another enormous enormous game Sometimes in the NFL, it's when you get a team, right? Timing is everything. And the Bills are getting the Miami Dolphins right now, a team that is really, really struggling, right? I mean, they've lost two games in a row. They got blown out against San Francisco 33-17. And the Los Angeles Chargers beat them 23-17. And what has happened with the Dolphins is that they are ta- they, the defenses that they've been playing are are taking away the uh, and it started with San Francisco especially, but they have the ability. They're di- they're 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 kind of diagnosing the Dolphins' offense, which is a good offense. I mean, Tua and Waddle and Tyree Kill have put up some ridiculous numbers this year, but they figured out a way to kind of gap scheme and and figure out where to put people to take away the short intermittent passing lanes. That is that is what's happened against the Niners, and that's what happened again against the Chargers. Clearly. The Chargers use some of that blueprint, and it's causing Tua Tunga Viola, you know, to really have some major, major problems. I mean, he threw two interception against, uh, interceptions against the Niners. He was horrific against the Chargers as well. He only had a thirty five point seven completion percentage. Uh, he only had one hundred and forty five yards. He was sacked twice. Looked totally clueless. Missed a bunch of people. Threw overthrew people. Underthrew people. Probably should have thrown a couple of picks in that game too. But Tua has struggled with this scheme. And so I think with the Bills, I think what you're going to see is the linebackers against Tua. This is going to be a huge game for the Milanos and for uh, Tremaine Edmonds. And it's going to be a huge game for, uh, of course, uh, I think Taron Johnson in the nickel position. Uh, It's going to be a huge, huge, huge game because they have the responsibility of doing exactly what the 49ers and the Chargers have done the last couple of weeks in terms of you know getting in front taking away you know the 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 gaps in those short passes because the Bills if they're going to win this football game this Saturday I think they do I'm leaning towards 27-21 kind of score um but if they're going to win this game they need to absolutely positively uh, you know, eliminate the big play for the Miami Dolphins. If the Dolphins can get a couple of big burners where they, you know, dump it to Tyree Kill for six yards and he runs for 50, the Bills will be in trouble in this game because Miami, their big play offense is literally their bread and butter. That is where their, That is where their bread is butter. That is the Dolphins. That's their excitement about them. That's how they get it going. That's their DNA. And so if the Bills can eliminate the big play, I think they've got a tremendous shot to win this football game. I think the Bills are more talented. I think the Bills are, I mean, if you want to talk about a revenge game above any other, the Chiefs are always going to be number one, right, at this point. But like the Dolphins, the way the Bills lost that game in Miami, they know that they let that slip away. I mean, the Bills, you can tell me all you want about the weather advantage for Miami and all that. You can tell me about how they were on the Sun side. Miami wasn't. You can tell me about the fans. You can tell me about all that. Fans is in, you know, blowing air, not Dolphin fans. Um, you can tell me about all that stuff. I don't care because the Bills went in and won in the same conditions the year before. Right? I don't care. The Bills outplayed the Dolphins in that game. For as much crap as the Dolphins fans want to talk, the Bills absolutely outplayed them in every facet of the game. Pretty much. Right? It was just a bounce here and a bounce there that didn't go the Bills' way. The revenge factor will be even greater than this past week against the Jets against Miami. I am picking Buffalo 27-21. to 21. And, oh, by the way, it is interesting. Dolphin fans, many of them say, well, Josh Allen is only good because they got Stephon Diggs. Sure thing. Then the Dolphins get Tyree Kill, and all of a sudden, Tua Tunga-Viola is an MVP candidate. But Josh Allen is still only good because... Stephon Diggs is is, his number one guy, right? Let me come back. We know the football puzzle is what it is, right? There's 53 men. You need everybody. The quarterback's the most important part, but if you don't support the quarterback, the quarterback can only do so much. You got to have great coaching. You got to have this. You got to have that. It's all going to fit and blend together, right? And so the Bills this week, again, it appears as though the roster is relatively healthy. I know that they're coming off of somewhat of a short week. You know, playing Sunday at 1 o'clock, it would have been Sunday at 1 again, but they flex it out to prime time on Saturday night as a part of a triple-header NFL on Saturday. That's all fine and dandy. The Dolphins have a way, 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 way harder task, okay? The Dolphins went uh, to San Francisco. I don't even know if they're flying back across the country and then flying back to L.A. I don't know what they did. But either way, two trips to the West Coast the last two weeks – then they gotta fly. They, they, you know, you fly back to Miami, uh, and then you've got to fly up to Buffalo. You know, on a short week because they played. You know, they played. They played Sunday night. I mean, that's. You know, they didn't get back probably until like five six in the morning on Monday, and then you know they gotta go right to the football offices and you know football facilities and get ready for Buffalo uh, on Monday with like no sleep. And then Tuesday Wednesday Thursday. I'm assuming you leave Friday early for Buffalo, maybe, maybe even Thursday. I, I don't know what the travel schedule is. I'm not I'm not the travel coordinator for the Dolphins, but man, two West Coast games in a row. They got beat handily in both. I know the Chargers only beat them by one possession, but good grief. I mean, whew, that is, that's some tough stuff. And now you got to fly up to Buffalo. So I think the Bills though are playing decent football. I think that their best football was at the beginning of the year. I think that their best football could be found again, but I like the fact that they have a complementary offense. I like the fact that they can win in different ways. I like the fact that they have a little bit of a ground game. I like the fact that Josh Allen's correcting his turnover situation. I like the fact that the coaching is improving. I like the fact that there's an opportunity to maybe get home field for the entire playoffs. Everybody go through Orchard Park. I like the abil uh, uh, I like the possibility that the offensive line could be together and dominant by the end of the year. The front has been great. I mean, look, no Von Miller, but you could feel his presence against the Jets this past week. You could feel it. Greg Russo was a monster, probably his best game as a Buffalo Bill, batting down passes, sacking the quarterback. Epinesa was all over the place. Basham all over the place. Shaq Lawson all over the place. Unbelievable job, ground game, and pushing the pocket to get to Mike White, uh, you know, in this game as well as Joe Flacco from guys like Tim Settle and Daquan Jones. Daquan Jones, is the most unheralded signing for the Bills in the offseason. He has been spectacular for Buffalo. And when Milano's healthy and Edmonds are, are healthy, you know, is healthy, that defense is a completely different animal. Jordan Poyer was a beast yet again. He's all over the place. DeMar Hamlin doing his thing. The cornerback spot, it's still kind of a work in progress, believe it or not. I mean, we're heading into week 15. Trey White is back now playing pretty much at 100%, but that other side is, is is hit and miss. I mean, it's been a revolving door, whether it's been a Xavier Rhodes or it's been, you know, a, a, a Kyrie Lam and Christian Benford, and he's hurt and you're waiting for him to get back. Um, you know, there, it's just been so many different. Dane Jackson's been getting torched this year. So that's been a totally, totally crazy, um, you know, revolving door. But I think the Bills in due time will figure it out. Give me the Bills 27 to 21 over the Miami Dolphins. I'm Mike Lindsley, host of, of the Pandemonium Podcast here on the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. Hey, find Built-in Buffalo on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook. I think we just hit 60,000 on Facebook uh, followers. And, uh, of course, on Twitter, we just hit 14,000. So we're growing every day, seven days a week of Bill's content. You can read us. You can watch us. You can listen to us. And please visit builtinbuffalonews.com, com. Thanks for listening to the Pandemonium Podcast here on the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. I'm Mike Lindsley. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. And go Bills.